Welcome to the Thrive Women's Podcast. We're glad you found us today. I hope you've been enjoying our episode so far. And today we're really excited about what we're bringing to you. We currently are still in a shelter at home. Lisa, did you ever think it would last this long? I had no idea. that I thought it was going to be two weeks. And I have to be honest, that was vacation for me. Yeah. Not feeling that now. I remember after eight days, I thought, oh, this has been a long time. But I had no idea. But anyways, I mean, we can't complain. But we do know there's some realities that everyone is facing in this time. And we wanted to bring in a special guest today just to talk about that. Lisa, do you want to kind of tell everyone what they can expect in this conversation? Well, Stephanie came is actually one of our pastor's wives at our Bayside Blue Oaks campus. She's a mother and a wife and a professor at William Jessup. We call her Dr. Kane, but she's also just Stephanie. And she's going to be bringing just some incredible insight just on how to not just survive a season like this, but actually thrive as we look at some of our mental health issues and the worry and anxiety that comes up that we don't have to let that define this time for us. There's actually some strategies and really practical things that can help us in this season. You're going to love it. We are joined by one of our good friends who also happens to be a doctor. Stephanie Kane is with us today and she and her husband help lead our Bayside Blue Oaks campus. And she is also a professor of psychology and counseling. And we got some time with her today outside of all the other things she has to do to just talk about mental health and stress and anxiety because we all know we are dealing with that right now. So welcome, Stephanie. Thank you for having me. It's just an honor to be able to have this opportunity with you all. So Stephanie, you have two young kids, twins, who are absolutely adorable. Thank you. A husband, you're working at home and you have your own work that you're trying to do. So just curious as we get started, what have you found to be your best quarantine hack? How are you guys surviving this season? You know, I started out real ambitious. Like I think many ladies have started is, you know, with a schedule, I had my chart up, my little homeschool station and this, you know, schedules for all of us and meal planning. And that started to nosedive probably about a week or two in. Um, and so one of the hacks that I've learned is to get down to the basics and um, really just simplify. And so my goals changed from get everything done on the homeschool list, get all of my emails answered, get all these things done. It got down to make sure your home is not a battlefield because it needs to be a sanctuary for everyone and make sure that my children continue to have a love for learning and school. And so that means that whenever we start hitting a wall, um, whether there's tension or stress or frustration, we just stop. We either take a break, a short break, or we just take a permanent break for the day because it's not worth uh, what I'm trying to invest in my children and myself and my family in the long term. And so sometimes that means that we get through two things on the list. Oh, you know, hey, if that happens and we can get out of this um, with them still loving school and loving learning and feeling like they can be comfortable at home, then that's great. 
Well, Stephanie, we're seeing a lot of people post some interesting things now that we've been in this shelter-in-place season. Yeah. Um, they're posting about the things they want to keep. So a lot of families are playing game nights. People are trying new recipes. They're going for walks, all that stuff. And it seems like we're all just starting to want to fight to keep some of those when this shelter-in-place quarantine season is over. What do you think about that? Are there things that your family has found or that you have found that you really want to fight to keep when this is over? Well, one of the things I loved is just before this happened, um, it had been two months straight of having to set my alarm every single day to get up to go somewhere and do something. And I remember telling Jason, like, oh, my seven days a week, I have to get up and get everybody up and get everybody ready. So I loved um, not having to rush off to get myself somewhere, or my kids somewhere, you know, working with Jason's schedule and things like that. So that part I've enjoyed that not having the commute, um, has really made things a little bit more relaxing. What I want to keep is, um, being content with what I have. So I have a confession to make. I have a shopping issue. I used to look for every, any reason to have to buy a cute top or an accessory or something like, oh, Mother's Day is coming up. We had Easter. OK, I'm going to be speaking at this event. And uh, nothing I had was ever enough. And then even in the fridge, I'd open the fridge and it'd be like, nah, let's go get something to eat instead. Like nothing I had was enough. And now having such a major limitation available to me um, has caused me to look and stay focused on what I have and finding that what I have is actually enough and I can actually be happy with what I have. I haven't bought a stitch of clothing, no accessory, nothing for months and I've been happy. And at first there was some tension because it was like, I feel like I should be doing something. I'm getting all these ads. But because I haven't needed it, I realized that I've got everything that I need. And so I would love to keep that same mentality going even when things open up and we're out. Isn't it interesting that it took this time to kind of gain some of those insights when you just slow down enough and go oh my gosh, I've been moving at such a pace, even in that mental, I've got to get this done. I got to buy that. I got to stock this. And yeah, it's crazy. And then the beauty of the, some of the purpose behind it. I mean, I, I now wait until my fridge and my cupboards are almost empty or, you know, when I'm almost out before I buy something else, because I have to be considerate that there's a limited supply and there's other people that may be almost out before me or, or limited. And so I have to consider outside of my family, other people. And I think that that's such an important area of development for me to consider others, even in things like that. So that's been great as well. Yeah, that's good. Well, we've talked about this idea of being well in some of these conversations for the podcast. And in this season, especially, we know that there are so many people struggling with anxiety, some depression, really struggling with worry. What would you say to those women who are fighting those battles daily? Yeah, so we've got two groups. And when we look at anxiety and depression on a spectrum, you have one group who's either diagnosed with anxiety, an anxiety disorder or depressive disorder or condition. And then you have another group, which are uh, women who are 
feeling depressed or feeling anxious, maybe more anxious than usual, high anxiety, et cetera. So first I want to speak to the people who are either diagnosed or undiagnosed and should be with an anxiety or depressive disorder. For those people, it's important to definitely take in all of the advice you're hearing from experts about, you know, ways to take care of yourself, ways to find, you know, joy in life, et cetera, but then also to seek professional help and make sure that you're talking to a medical professional, a mental health professional, and keeping that going for yourself because your situation is a little bit more complicated than somebody who's feeling depressed because they're just kind of down for the moment, okay? And if you're in a state where you're saying, I feel like I haven't been diagnosed, but maybe I am, how do I know? then I would say a good test is, is it affecting your ability to work, love, or play? If you're finding yourself um, really struggling to find joy on a regular basis, if your sleeping is extremely out of pattern with what you're used to, and it's not because of work or things going on, but it's because your mind is just wandering and wondering about things uh, for a long period of time. Uh, If your eating pattern has changed, if you find yourself, your emotions up and down, you know, for an extended period of time, then you should seek professional help and see if maybe you need something a little bit more deeper, more involved than um, the tips that you're getting. Yeah. All right. So now the conversation for the rest of the people and people who are just feeling more anxious than usual, more down than usual as a result of, you know, just being in this unsettling time and lots of things are changing. And, you know, we've lost our kind of sense of autonomy at this moment. So for those people, I would say it's important to prioritize uh, your self-care. And the way you would do that is really Again, to go back to the basics and make sure you're doing things that make you happy and things that set you up for success. For example, sleeping patterns. So making sure you're aware of are you getting enough rest and doing that sleep is so critical to your emotions and so and how you're able to function and relate to people. So making sure that you're giving yourself enough time to sleep, that you're not busying yourself before then, making sure you're keeping yourself hydrated. That's a big part of whether you're feeling fatigued emotionally, physically. Um, And then as well, make sure that you're eating well, that you're eating consistently and that you're eating well. Those basic things will help you physically as far as um, socially, make sure you stay connected with people. I know that we can't physically be around people the way we used to, and there's, it's hard to find any replacement for that. However, that doesn't mean we have to be cut off completely from contact with people. So whether it's having um, a FaceTime session, Zoom session, phone calls, texting, do what you can to stay connected with people, stay connected with your community and see where you can get involved. Um, You'd be surprised how that could have a really great impact. Well, Stephanie, I'm curious in this season, has there been a challenge that you've faced or an obstacle you've come up against as you've been living life this way? And how have you overcome that? How have you worked through that? Yeah, it's been hard for me to uh, change my pace so often. um, Before this, I was blaming the rat race on what was happening outside people's expectations of me, whether at work or personal or family or whatever, but not realizing that 
I had been conditioned internally to just have this very quick pace of get things going to get to get to the next thing, get to the next thing, get to the next thing. And it's been a challenge for me because now that the pace has changed, you know, again, not having to be somewhere meetings are less than at least in my area. I know that's not the case for everybody, but um, things have slowed down a bit in certain areas. I've had to stop myself and realize like, you're not in the rat race like this anymore. Slow down. You don't have to rush your kids to get through things. You don't have to rush to get through things. You actually have more time than you think. Especially when I see the biggest thing with my kids is, um, is just constantly being in a hurry and having to tell them like, come on guys, all right, let's go to the next thing. Let's go to the next thing. And I realize now that when I'm doing this, particularly in this season, I'm stealing their joy. And I don't want to do that. This is a traumatic time for a lot of people. It's stressful, particularly for my kids, not having contact with their friends and their extracurriculars. And if they want to stop for a second to be silly or, you know, just play and and do things like that, then I really need to just I've had to learn to just back off and let them have as much positive little moments as they can throughout the day to help get them through. And it's the same thing in talking to my friends is just trying to be an encouragement to them and them to me uh, just to tell each other like, hey, every conversation does not have to be about COVID and pandemic and surviving. Let's talk about something fun and funny. So really being intentional about changing my conversations. Yeah, that's so good. I mean, I don't know about you guys too, but I found once we got into this, I just needed to stop watching the news. Yes. And I'm not saying, you know, you need to be informed and see what's happening. But I love what you said there, Stephanie, about just letting those moments of joy happen. And I think even that's good advice for us. (laughs) I mean, great to help model that for your kids. But even just, uh, yeah, how are you still finding joy and laughing in the day? And and it probably is not watching the 24-hour news cycle. Yeah, what what you put in is going to come out and you we have to be so guarded right now and set boundaries in what we put in because not only are we getting news but we're getting what people feel about the news. So we're getting we're taking in information and then we're taking in people's reactions and that is impacting us. And so, yeah, Angie to your point, I I limit myself I, only a certain amount of maybe 30 minutes a day, just enough to know what my day is. Is there something going on out here new? Then, And if it's nothing new, then I already know what I should be doing. And I'm stopping right there. I don't need to be taking in how everybody is feeling about what's happening because it's just going to compound what I already feel. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Steph, in this season, just curious if there is a Bible verse or a place in scripture that you have been kind of camping out or something that's been a lifeline for you during this season? Yeah, so I have two verses and they, they carry the same theme. One verse is Psalms 55, 22, which says, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. And the second one is First Peter 5, 6 through 7, humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Um, Just recognizing that this is a heavy time. Not only are we dealing with 
anxiety and fear, but there's also a grief that's taking place. And that's a loss of the life that we knew, even with the difficulties and the ways that we complained about the life that we knew, it was familiar to us. And so we have this grief that we're dealing with. And so on a daily basis, we could be dealing with denial, anger, depression, just so many emotions that we're going through. And um, just recognizing that we are heavy with so many different emotions and so many concerns and for God to tell us basically the same thing in different ways, which is give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. I will take it from you. I will take care of it. Hearing that over and over again from the Lord gives me comfort. And I literally, when I'm at my breaking point where I feel so stressed, I literally think about that. And I do this crazy thing, but I do it Um, with my hands. I motion and I scoop up because it feels like a heaviness on my chest or on my shoulders. So I take my hands and I make like a scooping motion over my chest or my shoulders. And I bring my arms up and give it to the Lord. And I go, God, I feel so heavy. I'm so stressed. I'm so scared. You know, I'm feeling so much grief and sadness over what's happening. I want to give this to you. Here are all the things, big and small, whether they're, you know, I'm embarrassed to tell anybody why I'm concerned about this or not. Here are the things that I'm worried about. I'm giving them to you and enlighten me on the way that you want me to handle them or you handle the things for me that you think I shouldn't have to deal with. And I scoop that up and I give them to them. And it's been an incredible experience for me every time. In this season, Steph, how are you personally taking care of yourself? Or what does self-care look like as you try to be well in this time? I think for me, there's more of a recognition that there's an audience for my self-care. When I take care of myself, I'm teaching people around me. I'm teaching my kids. I'm teaching my husband. I'm teaching the people I work with, that I care about. And so if I'm skipping meals, if I'm looking lethargic, if I'm not taking care of myself in, you know, in ways of, you know, I'm just let's say just really putting myself in an isolated situation where I'm feeling down and my conversations are always on problems and what's not working for me, then I'm teaching other people that I guess this is how we handle this. This is how we're going to be. So I'm recognizing now that my self-care is not just about the self. It's about being fully present for other people, but to teach people that, hey, this is what I should be doing. You know, here is an example of somebody who is prioritizing their self-care and she seems to be handling things pretty well. She seems to be looking pretty well. Maybe I should try some of the things that she's doing. So, yeah, so that's my takeaway. Yeah, just that visual of your the audience for your self-care it adds. Because sometimes I think we talk about self-care and I'm not saying these things aren't important, but it's like do a mask or give yourself a pedicure which are great things. Don't hear me wrong. I cannot wait to get a real pedicure again. (laughs) But it's, I like how you kind of took that to a deeper level. It's the people around us that are watching that in us. There's a higher cost to our self-care than just our own needs. It's really great. Thank you. Well, Steph, you amaze me. Hey, just thinking of people who are listening today, are there any resources that you would point them towards if they want to read More on this topic of even just mental health, self-care, dealing with anxiety and worry, or just any encouragement that you would give them um, if they need to explore this further. Uh, one thing I want to encourage, and I think that, you know, we've been very intentional about driving the point that we are, you are not alone. 
um, in your struggle. You're not alone in your emotions. Even the people right here behind the mics and, you know, the people who are delivering the messages and rallying everybody, those people are struggling too. Everyone is in this experience with you. So no shame on feeling like maybe you're weaker than most people or you're not, you're in the same condition as everyone. And so recognizing that, but then also I use the Bible app a lot. They have some really great uh, faith integration with mental health devotionals that are incredible. So literally, if you have the Bible app um, and you put in a search for anxiety, they even have a lot of material on pandemic and COVID now. I mean, people are producing things and being enlightened right now, material on this area. And so I do that. And um, I like it because it's not a long commitment because I'm kind of like sensitive to putting too much on my plate. So when I put in anxiety or COVID and I see a five day, I was like, I can do something for five days. I can read a devotional for five days. So honestly, I would advise doing that would be really helpful. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for this conversation, Stephanie. You are just a treasure. Love you so much. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Can't wait till we can do this again and be in the same room. I know it. Agreed. We hope you enjoyed our conversation with Stephanie Kane today. You can follow her on Instagram at StephAD19. And then be sure to like, share, and subscribe to the Thrive Women's Podcast so that you can be updated and never miss an episode. You can connect with us on Instagram at Thrive Conference and also discover great resources like this podcast online at thriveconference.org. Will you have a great day and be well, friend? 